Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Jason Portnoy, founder of Jport Media, a seven-figure agency that helps brands create more awareness, nurture customers, increase conversions, and scale using proven marketing and business strategies. And they've helped generate over a hundred million in revenue for their clients. Hey, Jason, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so welcome. Can you just expand on that and tell us all about, you know, where your business is today and really the kind of clients and people that you love to serve? Yeah. Um, I mean, business started because I had a clothing brand before, before this. I didn't jump into the social media marketing world because it was a cool thing to do and 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 whatnot. Um, really just kind of fell into it. I uh, was growing my own brand, mm-hmm. fell in love with the marketing strategies and the, and the building side of things, fell in love with that more than any other part of managing a business, um, started to really hate the retail space and, and, uh, and inventory management and all that just giant headache. So I was like, all right, I got to figure out a way. What, what am I going to do? Started meeting with a lot of different people who wanted my mm-hmm. help on how to build their brands. At that time, I built it really on the back of influencer marketing which wasn't called influencer marketing at the time. There was no fancy mm-hmm. name for it. It was like, if cool people will wear my stuff, I could probably sell more. So <laughs> let me get good cool name. To, uh, yeah, that's. I think influencer marketing is a little bit more condensed, but like, I don't think cool people wearing your stuff in order to sell more stuff would catch on as a as a as a catchy marketing strategy. But um, that's really what it was. And if I could get pictures of them wearing that stuff, then I could send it out in an, in, in an email. I could put it in my catalogs. I could do like, yeah. we're talking physical catalogs. I used to do trade shows. Um, and then the, so met with a lot of different people on, on how they could, they saw what I was doing with my brand and they wanted to do that type of stuff. So I started meeting with them a lot, a lot of free lunches in order to, in order to talk, but I absolutely loved it. Like yeah. it wasn't a job. I could talk marketing and 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 how to build your brand for forever. And I could do it for like, I could do it for free. Probably not the best thing for my family to do, but um, that's what I was doing at the time. And lucky enough to to meet a guy named Andy Cranach, who was the head of team, who what who worked on Gary V's team. He became the head mm-hmm. of team Gary V. Now he's the president of V Friends. Um, but he, him and I just got along and he's like, hey, Gary's very bullish on this thing called Facebook ads. You should learn it you know, for your clothing brand, went into all the different groups, learned a little bit. Um, this is early times, uh, you know, ROAS wasn't even a metric people were talking about at that time. Um, and then started playing around with it, spent a lot of my own money on what not on learning, what not to do. 
So I spent a ton of my money before I ever took a cent from a client. Was early that still on, of, on your brands, on your business? Still, still, on, still on just my brand. Uh, yeah. Early days of Facebook Wild West, where you could like literally scrape like groups and engagers and commenters, and then you would upload that list and then you would do that. So like, oh, I would go after like a sports team, for example, scrape everyone who liked that page. And then I would go market to them and see sales. Literally, you could put a post out that says like and share for a chance to win one. And you would get like thousands of people engaging on, on those posts. So fell in love with that. And then I'm like, hey, cool. I want to do this for people. Yeah. Um, and then kind of went down the journey of, of helping people running ads to get clients, which sounds so cliche right now. But at the time, the biggest objection when you were running ads to get clients was, how do I know these Facebook ad things work? It wasn't like, who are you? Why are you better than everyone else? It was, how do I know this works? So running an ad was my way of, of, you know, of objection handling. Cause you would jump yeah. on a call with me and I'd be like, you'd be like, Hey Jason, how do I know Facebook ads even work? I'm like, well, how do we get on this call? And you'd be like, and I click, that's, I click that's, your ad. that's because and you're then doing exactly the same thing with you know, the authentic nature of what you were doing. That's exactly, it, I couldn't sit there and say, I do it for my brand. Cause no one cares what yeah. I did for myself, yeah. but you want to see the proof that it's going to work for you. So I'm like, well, how, how'd you get on this call? And you're like, you're like, I clicked your ad. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. So same yeah. way we're going to do that for you, for other people. Right. Cause it clearly worked on you. It will work for other people. Um, and then slowly, you know, I, I say I'm lucky. And when I say I'm lucky is my first client ever, uh, was someone who was doing uh, probably a client that I would probably never touch in the agency right now, just based off where we're at, but they were mom and pop doing around $2,000 a month in sales in the basement of their, of their house, a, a newly married couple basement of their parents' house. I think were packaging shirts and, and whatnot and selling it. And I'm like, I understand the clothing business. I could help you. Um, and scaled that brand to $300,000 a month in under nine months or under 10 months, something like that. Um, and they grew out of their parents, out of their first office, out of their second office into the third mm -hmm. office. And oh, I man, so you were with them and saw that you saw their growth first. Well, time. It, it happened so fast. It happened so fast. It happened yeah. under a year, right? So, you know, they went from doing $2,000 a month to being a seven figure brand in, in under a year. Uh, that's monumental changes to people mm -hmm. uh, and profitably, I should say, like it was, it was profitable. Um, and so I say I'm lucky because if that client probably would have, if I would have failed, I'd probably be like, eh, I guess I'm not really good at this stuff. Uh, I, should, I probably shouldn't be doing it. But that just became my lighthouse. And, and I, I, people saw, I, I was very vocal. People saw that I was doing that. They saw what I did for my brand. They saw what I did for this brand. They're like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Then mm. you bring on another client and they go from $90,000 a month to $300,000 a month as well. And it just became scaling. And that's kind of the team that I put in place of people who could help me, uh, you know, scale different businesses as, and it just became word of mouth. And so that's where the agency was. Um, always dabbled with the idea of maybe growing it into a really, really big agency. Mm. Um, but I, I prefer operational leverage and not operational drag. And the more people you add in, like everyone thinks building a big agency is good. I know people with big agencies and our, our net profit, what we take home in the agency, what the business makes is more than theirs. Mm. Right. And they have a pretty big agency. They have big numbers, but their margins are like 5%. Our margins are like 40 to 50%, sometimes higher. So 
it's just really got lean, put in the right systems in place, bring on the right type of clients that we can nurture, grow with, that stay with us for a long time. We don't have to worry about onboarding and and you know, people don't realize that onboarding is the most expensive part of it all, right? And and it's and people are like, oh, I'll onboard a new client every single month, and then this person will leave and I'll onboard another one. It's easy. You actually had a net loss if you do that because of time and everything like that to, of, of onboarding. I didn't mm. like that. Sound it sounded like a, a giant headache. Um, grew the agency. So seven figure agency plus uh now, seven plus figure agency now, uh pretty solid profit margins. And then I launched what's called the market domination method. Uh, which is a coaching program where, you know, not everyone should hire an agency. Not everyone can afford to hire an agency. And I've just seen so many different parts of business growth from being a business owner myself, uh, growing two businesses uh, into seven figures and helping hundreds of others do the same thing. Launch what's called the market domination method, which is a coaching program, coaching consulting program around business growth. That was a long winded answer to your question. Um, <laughs> Of how this all start, but this is where we're at. Hey, that was that, that was a roller coaster in itself to listen to where you've come from, to hear that you know, your your sort of transition from your business to I like this side of it. Oh, holy crap! I'm going to do this and follow this. So following that sort of passion and what you love, I think that's one thing that we, we talk about a lot on this podcast. Being able to follow your intuition, follow what you like, rather than hustle and grind at something, knowing that you know your your brand could work if you put the same things in place but it's like no it's this part i'm really good at this how can i help other people do this that's a fantastic sort of startup story i love that yeah i mean you call it intuition i think it's i think it's good to do that when you when you have the hindsight looking backwards i think it was just happiness right it was it was my wife who looked at me and said hey i asked you a question about the clothing business and you get like, you're agitated, you're angry, you're like you're anxious. Then someone calls you and asks you for advice on how they could grow their business. And you spend four hours on a phone call with them. Like something's wrong here, figure it out. Um, and it was really like that type of conversation that that kind of tipped everything because, you know, I didn't walk away. I mean, there's many ways I could kind of look at it and having the perspective of years disconnected from it, I kind of see things a little bit clearer, mm -hmm. but at the time, it was, I should have left earlier from the clothing business, but I was worried what would friends and family think? See, I was handcuffed. We haven't had, a, we didn't have a bad year. Every year in the clothing business was growing. So how do I walk away from that? Right? It wasn't like business started going down. Okay, easy. Let's hold up shop and, and walk away. It was- so let's, let's sort of double tap into that because that, I think that's so important to, to look at. So you had a successful business from the outside. It looks successful from the outside. You probably looked really happy and loving what you did, but you were like, there's, there's a different way. There's a different angle. And, um, what was being said? Where are those, what were those fears and beliefs that you had that held you back for so long? I think it's the same. I think it's the biggest holdback every entrepreneur has. I think the number one holdback any entrepreneur has is the fear of failing in, in, mm. in, in the public eye. Um, what I mean by that is like, I was so worried what other people would say, Oh, yeah. he's walking away. Oh, like he's not walking away. It was, it probably wasn't successful. Oh, probably wasn't <clears> growing. <throat> oh, he's, you know, it's probably not as good as, 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 as it is. Oh, I knew, I knew it wasn't going well. I knew it would fail. Oh, if it was really going so well, he would never walk away. Mm. And to the point where I was like, I heard all those voices that I remember I 
this, I made the decision on a Monday and I didn't tell anyone until Friday I was going out of town. Um, and I wrote a blog post called why I'm leaving travel, which was the name of the company at the time. Um, and I wrote a blog post and I posted it and I just posted it on social media and sent it to like friends and family. That's the first time they heard about it. That's the first time mm. they knew about my decision. Everyone found out at the same time. Um, and I just posted it because all my answers were in there. And if you couldn't understand those answers, there was nothing for us to talk about. Um, <laughs> And, and right. so I, I posted in there, like just that, that you got one life and happiness matters most. Uh, and, and you got to walk away. And, and I understand there are people who are going to sit there and say, no way he walked away from this. I understand people are going to say it's a failure. It's going to be the same type of people that are going to root for my failure on the next, on the next venture that I'm going to do. But, yeah. but, but what, what came back, what were life. the reactions that you, you had from friends and family and maybe even strangers? Um, overwhelming support, but doesn't really mean much to me because what people say to you is very different than like, you know, everyone says, congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. Oh, great, great decision. Great decision. What they're saying behind your back is completely different. And to the point where, you know, you look back at it right now and, and it didn't matter what they said to me behind my back. And it doesn't really matter what they say to my face. It, it, yeah. it wasn't, it was, it's not about them. They, yeah. they, they and for anyone listening, they, the outside people from you making your decision, apart from like, you know, people who are affected by it, do not matter. Mm. They have no vote. They have no say, and they should play zero of a role in any decision you make. And also one key point there is they, whoever they are, they have their own fears and programming and beliefs that come into this. They may have financial worries or stress of their partners or whatever it might be that they're only bringing in their perspective to this. They don't understand yours. So I think that understanding as well is crucial to be able to distance yourself because saying don't care about validation of others, saying don't care about what people think is, it's easy to say, but it's tough to do. I, I love that expression. Easy to say, easier said than done. That's everything in life. Ah. Like name me something in life that's that's easier to say than than it is to do right like every it, it's an expression that i understand where it came about but it's why i think complaining is is bad like les brown has a great quote where he says like um like 80 percent don't care uh, and 20 percent are glad it's happening to you and not them all right so like there's, there's no point complaining like everyone's so worried what other people will think here's mm -hmm. what they're thinking about themselves yeah, they're not concerned with you, right? That they're thinking they're thinking about themselves, mm. and to, to hold that and to actually believe it. So yeah, words matter, but having that emotional impact where you really feel it and truly understand it, um, and it's it's a ongoing battle. I mean, right now, I mean, you've you've come so far since then. You must still have those times where you 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 doubt what you're doing, or maybe you you still find yourself listening or worrying what other people think, and then catch yourself in the moment does that still happen or are you superhuman all the time um i mean it's it's something that i've worked really really hard on uh it's something that i'm i'm very very like aware of um yeah. to the point where like even if i'm scrolling on on instagram and i'm seeing like people and i'm like oh it looks cool i'll stop and i'll just close the instagram because yeah. i'm aw i'm aware that i'm going into the comparison route and i'm mm -hmm. aware that you know the, about this and that i it, for the longest time, if rented me as someone who puts out like a ton of content, I should have been doing this years ago. 
I had ideas for what to put out years ago, but I don't, mm-hmm. I stop. And I think even as someone who puts out content, there are stuff that I do that I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. I'm worried. Like it's a little bit more personal, but those are the stuff that actually, you know, over index and, and, and do well. I just now don't, don't read. I, I honestly, this is going to sound weird, but like, for the most part, I post and ghost, right? So it's like, I'll say my thing to help people and then I'm, and then I'm gone. I don't need to get mm-hmm. into the, to the wars. I don't really care what, you know, whether your difference of opinion and you need to vocalize it on my feed. I don't need to get into a debate with you. I'm saying my truth and, and, and that's it. And yeah. So you're, you're vocal online. You, you put across some, some great nuggets and advice and wisdom and experience from yourself. So you're, you're not one that goes into the, and tries to battle the keyboard warriors in the comments who have their opinion or something. It's just not worth your time, your energy at all. I'll delete it. I mean, I, I, I still don't get it because like there's nothing that someone could possibly post online that will stop my day and be like, I got to, I got to really vocalize that I'm that what they're saying is not true. And I need to win it on an Instagram feed. Like there's, there's nothing that, that someone could post. So it's just like, cool. Like if there was someone who posted like racist stuff, I would just report it. There's no need Mm. for me to get into the comments and, and, and start, and start, and start going through all that. So I don't get it. Something, you know, anytime that I've ever criticized someone else, it was usually they were, if I break it down, they're doing something that I should have been doing. And I'm upset that they're doing it and I'm not. And it, and it was like, um, you got to hold the mirror back to yourself. Why, yeah. why, why are, what, why are you so upset with what they're doing? Man, right? and, that, and, that's and then, perfect. That, that tr- to be triggered and actually catch yourself and realize that, hold on, there's something there that triggered me. What? What was that? Where, where's my fear? Where's my um, guilty feeling? Where's my my should? I should be doing this. I'm 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 jealous or whatever it might be. Um, it could be so many things, right? Yeah, to the point where now I'm so, I'm so. And again, this isn't something that I woke up one day and I'm like I'm going to be good at this. Like this is really bad. I'm 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 an I I the same insecurities as everyone else. I just got better at not like moving on with my life from it. Um, and, and it takes work, but at the same time, I mean, like, mm. I, I don't know, like I, I, I look through it and, and I'm just, I, I, what's the alternative? The alternative is I sit quietly by myself and, 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 and I, no one says anything and I don't, I don't put out my truth and I, and I don't talk about things. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I don't really know what, if I, if it's, it's what, it's what you feel comfortable with it. I think this is what I'm designed to do and meant to do. Well, then there's certain things that I have to do in order to get there. Yeah. It's that level of kind of alignment where it sounds like you're, you've, yeah, over time you found your path, you found the right way for you to engage, not engage, what to do, when to do it, what you love to talk about and what work you love. And as you said, the team structure, your dream wasn't this massive, massive team. It was being more streamlined and efficient. And for you, that's less headaches. So it's, each to their own. Everyone can have their own thing, but you've found or finding your alignments. And that counts for a lot. Yeah. And and you know when you're when you're when you're kind of getting better at it, because when you start doing like um like any like anytime you're coming out with, in the market with an offer for your own business and you're trying to figure out who needs it, 
Mm. And then you start writing like the fears, the desires, the pain of the market you're trying to go to. And you realize you're writing your own fears, desires, and market pain. You're <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, 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 I feel that. Oh, anxious at night for this, this, and that. And you start and you start writing it, and it becomes easy because like you start realizing where you were four years ago, five years ago, three years ago is, is the audience mm. you're trying to address right now. So I was just doing it the other day. And, and one of the one of the questions I I asked myself when I put out an offer is like, where were you? like three to five years ago, you know, what were your fears around the topic or around the offer? And I started yeah. writing it and it was so clear to me, right. Of, of what it was. So that, that you just, you become better at it. It's like anything. Yeah. Well, I think so many entrepreneurs and business owners, we, we target who we were a couple of years ago. We share our advice. I mean, you said that you went into marketing because that's an area that you loved, but now you're, you're really going back and helping the past version of yourself, as it were. So let's play a little game here because I want to go forward and say, yeah, you in three years, five years, writing the the sales letter, the offer, whatever it might be for for you right now. Think about that transition. How how cool is that going to be? And what kind of pains and desires are you going to be talking back to yourself from that point? No, it's a good question. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll say that, that it's, it's not as hard as you're making it seem only because I'm a big believer in coaching and I have my own coaches. So I always look, you know, I don't need a coaches on my level or, or, or beneath me. Mm. If there's someone that I want to aspire to, what do they have that in the next three or five years that they could shortcut me and yeah. save me? Or maybe they're 15 years ahead of me, but they could shortcut a certain time. So part of the answer gets, get simplified when, when you know the things you want. But I mean, honestly, I, so far 2023, and I know, I know we're, we're, we're early in on it, but I literally just came back from a family, from a family vacation. It was my first vacation in like five years. Um, and I, when I mean vacation, like I travel for work all the time and people think like, mm. Oh, you're trapped. I'm in conference rooms all day. It doesn't really matter the location. Um, doesn't quite count, right? It, it doesn't count. Like they're like, oh, you went here. I'm like, yeah, it might as well have been like, you know, middle of nowhere in a barn. Yeah, I didn't somewhere. see anything. I, 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 did you did you see the beach? I'm like, I didn't even know they had a beach. Um, <laughs> but we came back, and there was just something seeing my kids' faces. And I remember we 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 did something. It was costly. We we paid for something, and I was like, oh, do we really need to do this? Like, it wasn't the money situation. It was just like. Do we really need this? And, mm. and we did it. And I saw my kids' faces. And I was like, man, I paid $10,000 for that. And my wife laughed at me. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, you see their face right now? And like, I almost borderline started crying because of just watching their faces. And I'm like, mm. that's it. That's what I want. I want memories. I want, I want this. I want this as much as possible. You know, you only have a certain amount of time on the planet. You only have a certain amount of time with your kids where they're going to be that age and they're going to grow with you. This is what I want. So I came back with a lot of, a lot more clarity from that mm -hmm. trip, which was weird. Like, and I think that happens when you're actually disconnected from work, which I was uh, like, I mean, I barely, like I barely had my phone on me because you can't like swim with your phone. Um, so I was like pretty disconnected. Um, and it was, and it, and it came back and that was, that was it. And it was, and it came back with a, a sense of like, everyone talks about success. And what success means. And I want to be successful and I want to be wealthy. It's such a subjective term and so personal that you cannot let other people define what that means to you. And I'm so, 
I am so passionate about this that like, if you look at my, my content that comes out now, it's pretty much all around this of like, of, of you define success. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a coaching client right now who, who, um, who's in the program and she wants to scale the business, but she also wants to be a good mom and she's divorced and she's with the kids most of the time. And she wants to be there. And she's like, yeah, I could do more, but then I have to work this and this. I don't want that. I still want to serve. And do. I'm like, boom, then you did it. Then we don't, then, then we don't, then let's take a step back for a second because I don't think you realize that that's success, right? You being the best mom, me being a, a dad that's present for my kids, that is what I want more than mm-hmm. not being there for them, but having the vanity metrics of all the money, the private jet and all that, everything yeah. that I do want. I'm a very, very, very ambitious person, very. But at the same time, I balance it with like, you know, in our line of work as entrepreneurs, we don't take a step back and, and sometimes realize progress we made and where we're at. And I do this exercise a lot with, with, with my client, with my coaching clients where we're like, design your dream life. Like, oh, I go on two vacations a year. I'm like, how many vacations do you go on now? They're like three. I'm like, are you not seeing anything? Or they're like, and I, you know, we have, you know, a nanny that takes care of the kids. I'm like, can you afford a nanny right now? They're like, yeah. I'm like, and we eat out once a week. You know, we could afford to eat out once. I'm like, can you afford to eat out once a week now? They're like, yeah. People don't realize just how far they've come that they actually, that their goals are the goals still from four years ago that they hit those targets, but they don't realize that. And they're living in, in, in that, that disconnect of being like, okay, well, I can actually live that dream life right now if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But just find that the, the belief or the fear that's holding people back from, and also it's putting you at choice. If you make a declaration that I want this, or I, you know, I want to achieve that, it will come knocking at your door. And if you have the ability to do it, I remember when I first started you know, my journey, you're know, writing my perfect day, writing my aligned version of what I want. You know, I remember talking about this leather chair that I would sit in and I'd, I'd meditate and I would, you know, this feels like, ah, oh, the next level. And I remember my coach at the time saying, hey, can, can you, have you got that chair? Where is it? I'm like, no, I haven't got it. It's like, can you afford it? I was like, yeah. He's like, why haven't you got it? And that for me, it's not about writing your perfect day. It's not about writing this dream. It's about acknowledging what in that could you have right now today, but you're actively choosing not to have. That for me was the, the, the mic drop moment of, holy shit. I, I get it. I think that's what you're describing here as well. Yeah. It's a big eye opening for people because they don't realize just where they, where they come. And as entrepreneurs, we don't do a good job celebrating, right? So we don't, we don't really notice the wins. We notice the losses a lot more. Which oh, is dude, the goalposts keep on moving, right? But that's fine. Goalposts should keep moving, right? Like the goalposts should keep moving, but you know, like understand where you're at and always take time to appreciate like, you know, the year. A year just ended, a new year began. Did you take a second to realize how far you came from the beginning of last year to the end of that, to the end of that year? And if you didn't make any progress, well, why? Mm. Right? I think that's just as important question as celebrating the win. If I didn't do anything, what, why not? Why didn't you make any progress? And I love the fact that you do, uh, like you have a, like a, like a morning or, or a life plan. Like I, something that's new to me that, that I looked at, I did it years ago and I found one. And it was yeah. like, 
I ride on a jet to this and this, and I go private and I, and I was, I was laughing at it because my new one is I'm an amazing dad who takes his kids on, like, it's just life changes. Yeah. You got to always reevaluate and, and just looking at it and being like, that was my definition of success. And then my definition of success now is completely different. And mm. I vision my perfect life. My perfect life is, you know, doing whatever I want, but it usually involves creating some sort of memory right now, at, le- at least right now with my, with my kids. Yeah. I, I love that. Dude, this has been an amazing conversation just to go through your trajectory, go through your, your journey and to come at the end with, this is what it's all about. This is kind of the point. I think this is one thing that I would love those just starting out to understand why are you doing this? We all get lost in the journey, focusing on the money, focusing on the business, focusing on the clients rather than where is our happiness and who else is around us on the journey with us. And the kids are obviously sometimes those that that miss out, that lose out. So I, it fills me with joy to hear you talking about that. It's fantastic. No, I, I and I love what you say that because I, I mean, if, if it's true, like if you don't know where what you're doing or where you're going, I mean, like how do you how do you ever get there? It's like it's like the what's the Alice in Wonderland with the cat, and Alice is like, which way should I go? And the cat's like, well, which way do you want to go? And she's like, it doesn't really matter. And the cat's like, then it doesn't really matter which way you go, right? Like if if you don't know what you want. You don't have to necessarily know why, like why has changed, but if you don't know what you want, then you're not going to do the work needed in order to achieve it. Because like you can't withstand 10,000 rejections or like a million different setbacks that are going to happen in your business. If you have no clue why you actually want the things you want. Love that. Love that. Hey, Jason, dude, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing so openly and vulnerably. No, of course. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they find you? Online, all social channels at Jason Portnoy or jportnoy.com. Very easy, very accessible. Super stuff. Everyone check him out. And hey, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their (laughs) earballs. All the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.